I'm not ready. Don't start yet. Ah, oh, damn. Dude, some of the people listening on the podcast, because I will say numbers have been very strong on FT Live on the pod, so we appreciate everyone listening audio-wise. We are live every damn day on YouTube, so what's up to the fam that's in the YouTube chat right now? Kratzy is here. Brock Holt is back. What's up, Brockstar? You know what that tells me? People don't want to see our faces. They just want to, <laughs> they, they just want, they just want to listen. So There's a lot of that going on right now. So we appreciate everyone that's looking at our faces. Other faces that you get to look at today, Paul Seawald, Seattle Mariners, super reliever, will be joining us. A nice little tweet shout-out from him today, too, that he's going to be joining the show, telling everyone, 125 Eastern time if you're with us live, and then... Vinny Rotino, I'll let you handle that, Kratzy. Is that one of your boys? It's not one of my boys, but it's definitely a grinder. Like, I love – I hope our last guest comes on. I won't say who it is in case their schedule gets changed, but crossing our fingers. Like, anytime we can get a grinder on – and I'll go through at some point on this show what a real grinder truly is. And you, not everybody makes the grinder – not everybody makes the grinder club. I'm not in it. Uh, it's a tough club to be in. I feel like I was in it early in my career, and towards the end, I, I I got out of it. I think I think it's a hard club to stay in. I'll do some research. You can be an alumni of the Grinder Club, but I'll, I'll research you to make sure you can be in the Grinder Club. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's probably some type of like, what is it like at bats or or games played in the minor leagues or something? Uh, it has. It's it's a it's like war. It's a really tough formula. It's like um, war. It's like the, you know, a combination of your signing bonus, the years you spent at certain <laughs> levels. And how many how many it, miles you 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 were on a, a coach bus? Mm, coach yeah. bus, but also but also hey, some early morning flights in the PCL it advances some of that too. You know, if you played in Rochester, that's an extra grinder point. So as as the <laughs> alumni, I love how you add Rochester because that's that's one of my work, my least favorite places ever. Yeah, only one person ever hit well there, and it was Chris Colabello, and he was just mashing balls, Oppo Taco. But he was a grinder before because he was in he was in the real bushes. He was in indie ball. That's like that's extra grinder. But we'll get into the grinderness. Adam Jones not a grinder. He was called up at like twelve. Not a AJ Pierzynski did spend some time in the minors, but not a grinder anymore because he's out golfing with Larry Walker and all kinds of famous people right now. Not a grinder anymore. Sorry, AJ. We miss you, though. See you back on Monday. He was never um, a grinder. N- never a grinder, no. But I heard he's wearing the merch today. By the way, foulterritoryshow.com. Go to shop on that page or just foulterritoryshop.com. I'm done with the shameless plugs. Let's jump right into Charge to the Mound so we can get into some work before we bring on Paul Seawald. Shohei Otani is a unicorn. Every single game that he appears in, but especially the ones that he pitches in, are special and everyone's turning to them. And there's a storyline, even when he's pitching a little shitty, like he did yesterday, Brock. I mean, (laughs) he gave up his first two homers of the season. He had a 36-pitch fourth inning, gave up five runs. And I I love – he's a good quote if you can get him. He doesn't do many interviews, but I love how he talked about the situation. He was like, yeah, it was a little too passive with the lead in the fourth inning. Like, yeah, I was chilling, cruise control, whatever. Although he did say his first three innings were maybe the best three innings that he's had so far this season. And the best quote, too, was from Phil Nevin, his skipper, who said, those three innings, he was dominating. It was the best three innings I've seen in a long time. I'll be honest, after the third inning, and I'll just add this little part to it, uh, he was perfect through those first three with five Ks. After you had the single and the double, 
it started entering my mind. This is back to Nevin. And almost a perfect game and a cycle. You're thinking those things every time he's out there. It's not out of the realm. You've pitched before, though, Brock. So you could have pulled it off in life. Yeah, I mean, if I could have, yeah, if I could have started a game, I think. I, but I think with Otani, it's like we talk about this stuff all the time with him. You know, the the pitching is unbelievable, the offense, whatever. But like. If he did throw a perfect game or pitch a no-hitter and hit for the cycle, like I honestly wouldn't be that surprised because of the things that he's he's capable of doing and able to do. It, it's an absolute joke what, what he can do on a baseball field. He's a freak. We are all lucky um, to, to get to watch him play. And, um, I mean, that would have been – yesterday that would have been awesome. I, I, I saw the uh, – the replay of the home run where the, the announcer thought he hit it out of the stadium and, 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 you know, the guy caught it on the warning track. But, but like I said, if, if, if that were to happen, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. And I don't think anybody else would be surprised by it either. Every single show we talk about, well, we probably talk about the angels at some point, Shohei, what he can do, but we talk about injuries and Brock can attest to this. And everybody that's ever played a sport can attest. Like you're not a hundred percent every day. So, like, on the days when you see Shohei do something or come so close to something like this, you're like, is this, is this like 100% Shohei? Like, this guy's out here, and the misses that he had in that third inning or fourth inning, it was crazy. I don't – it was – you don't see a miss by that much pitching. But, like, he is – he's that much better because you just – you don't play at 100%. And if there's days when he's 100% and this is what's capable, I mean, I got I to gotta check with BetMGM to see exactly what the uh, – <laughs> what, what would the – what would the hey, I'm, I think he's going to throw a no-hitter and a hit for the cycle. What is that paying out at? Well, not probably as crazy as you think because it's possible. I mean, because you watched him yesterday and you're like, it is possible. He has a 185 ERA after giving up a five spot in the fourth inning yesterday. And his OPS is 877. I mean, <laughs> even if you just separated him into two categories, just his hitting or just his pitching, he still might win MVP. You know, just as a hitter alone, he's got a chance if he keeps up this kind of production. I mean, he's better than last year right now, his pace. Because last year he really picked up the pace. And I think he's learning how to pitch a lot more in the big leagues and just mix up what he's got, right? You're seeing a lot more of that. A lot of times... In the past, you could just go fastball splitter and have a day. And now he's got the sweeper action that he uses a lot more. And he's just become this full package with tons of pitches. He's calling them without looking on his little controller on his pitch com. And then at the plate, he wasn't as good last year as he was the year before. Well, he looks more like the 2021 version of Shohei Otani at the dish, which is a scary thing. And yes, he didn't get the cycle. He came up short there, a homer short of the cycle. He had a single, double, triple his first uh his first three hits of that game yesterday. I mean, I just think you're in a position here where it's going to be hard for anybody to make a case for MVP if he stays on the field besides Otani. <laughs> like, he's going to run away with this shit if he keeps this up. Brock, Brock how, how, at what point were you like, well, I don't know what order you hit your cycles in, cycles, multiple cycles. What, at what point were you like, ooh, bro, I got it? Because so many people, the other day, one of our kids on our team he was a triple short of the cycle, and I took him out of the game because we were beating the team. And he goes, 
dude, I'm a triple short of the cycle. I'm like, no, you've just had a really good day. Yeah. Like, I mean, gone- yeah. I mean, I think, I think obviously whenever you have three of them, you think about it. Um, I think my first one, I needed the triple to hit for the cycle. We are at Fenway park. So it's, it's not, it's not, well, it's, and it's not easy to hit a triple there unless you hit it in the triangle. Right. And I just so happened, I think it was a one Oh fastball. I hit it headed towards the triangle. So I think once I hit that ball, and I was running the bases, I was like, okay, now I think I have it, you know, just don't trip over first base or second base <laughs> and you've got, and you've got it, you know? Um, and then the one in New York, I needed a home run and, you know, it was a postseason game. So, you know, we were winning by a lot. So I was just kind of joking around with, with the team. And I was like, Hey, get me up, get me up. I'm fourth up this inning. I need a homer for the cycle. I was just messing around. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to hit a home run. Are you kidding me? Um, but we were at Yankee stadium. So I was like, Hey, it could happen. Um, and, uh, position player was pitching. Austin Romine was pitching. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to hit a home run. And, um, you know, fortunately I was able to do it, but, um, I don't think you think about it until you're, you know, a hit away, but I mean, Otani needing a home run is like, you know, that's like me needing a single. Right. Um, but I mean, unbelievable. Like he's, he is so much fun to watch and, um, like I said, we're all very fortunate that we're getting to see what we're getting to see as baseball fans. Um, there's nobody like him. So nobody. And he gave up his first two home runs of the season in the adding. And the and the Angels win. They won by a run. It was tight with the A's. I'm still not super high on the Angels in general, but that's another story. We don't have time to shit on them every day. But that's Brent Rooker. Yeah, it's a daily. Brent Rooker and Shea Langoliers hit home runs and now have great stories for the grandkids. Great stories for the grandkids. Brent Rooker. Brent Roker is smashing. He's he is. smashing right now. Brent Roker, love, hey, he's a war stick. He swings war stick. There you go. Oh, war stick snowboard. That's 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 what I do now. I don't I don't I don't get the wood bats. I get the the, the snowboards and the and the golf hats. I'm okay. sure you're elite at it as well. And by the way, on the topic of grinder, before our next topic, I wanted to make sure that it was official. Before I said it, because I did mention it yesterday, maybe the ultimate grinder joining us in one hour, Drew Maggi. Maggi. Is that what he does? Maggi. Is that his thing? No, oh, that's no. Just, that's that's just, like that's, a Rudy. Just, you guys both did it in unison. Ma- I was like, you guys didn't. Maggi. Is this because I didn't sit in my chair Maggi. until ten minutes before the show started? Maggi. You guys were doing something I wasn't nope. aware. Of? No, 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 we're just we're just excited to have Maggi on the show. I am too. Yeah, it's going to be great, and you're going to get a different side of Drew Maggi. Than the on-field stuff we'll, we'll get really deep into what it's been like for him over the last 13 seasons in the minors before getting called up this year and actually getting a play now in the show he started yesterday so next up i'm not wearing a hat as usual you guys are but the thing is your hats are a pretty normal size the atlanta braves like to celebrate well yeah you're right i guess the atlanta braves like to celebrate with, with my hat. A kratz hat yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they celebrate with my hat. I used to tell people, yeah, that's Here the it size that you're watching. That's my size hat right there. It's, they just, so they just put it on. So it's actually a homage to me. But I used to tell people that when I threw my helmet down after I got pissed and it landed upside down, like kids would walk by and like throw trash in it. They're just like, where do I put my gum, mom? And they're like, there's a trash can. I was like, no, it's my helmet. What size, what size is your head? Five eighths. Five eight, so it's like you and Kevin Minch. You remember Kevin Minch? No, see, those are like those. Those are eight. Those are eight guys. Yeah, and, he's a size. Bochy. He was a size eight. Bochy's an eight. Bochy's an eight, and 
eight and a quarter, I think. Oh my goodness. It's ginormous. It's the biggest hat I've ever put on, but I had to for like the two minutes I was there. I had to put it on. But back to the whole no hat, like take away the fun. New era. Come on, man. Like just get a, just, I get it. You pay a lot of money, but like they're not getting that much pub. It's just fun. It's a fun, I think the creator, isn't he from Atlanta? Well, here's the most important thing. I don't know. The, so the Braves are wearing a big ass hat when they celebrate in the dugout. Everyone's got cool home run celebrations. New era called, complained. Obviously the league's going to oblige because it's all about money. I get it. Um, wait, isn't there not the easiest solution on the planet here, Brock? Why doesn't New Era just make big-ass hats, give them to the Braves, and sell them? I doubt that it's proprietary from whichever company is putting this shit together. Why is this even an issue right now? I mean, my question would be, how much money is New Era losing because the Atlanta Braves are wearing a non-New Era big hat, you know? Probably zero dollars. Like, who cares? Like, if Yeah, you I don't want, think it's the same market. <laughs> make yeah I don't, I don't think anybody's you know i don't think anybody's losing money here i think it's just a fun thing the braves are doing like yeah new era make a big braves hat and put a big new new era st stamp on the side you know problem solved it'd be like it'd be like franklin going uh no more foam fingers no more of these foam fingers in the in in the in the stadium because you know we do batting gloves and these foam fingers are a fake batting glove so we're the sponsor yeah. oh like and and the business i wish i remember who the business was because it was one of the guys on the commanders his buddy is the owner or the creator of the hats and it may be proprietary i don't know for sure but i thought i heard something like that because he would wear it after every brian every, robinson every the running back for for washington yeah i remember when he did that and it became a thing but how can that be proprietary? You can invent a big ass hat and that's something you can get a patent for? I mean I mean, can nobody wear any other hats? Like is the is the hat that the uh that the Mariners put on for their home run with the trident? Is that not new era? Like, do we have to take that one off the list? Yeah, you're right. What's the line, right? Brock, like if you can you not put anything on your hat? And what about hair? Do you have to wear a hat or are you allowed to show off your hair? You know, like wh where, where do we stop here? I mean, I think, I think the question's being asked now, now that we know we're not allowed to wear big hats, what, what else are we not allowed to do? Are we not allowed to wear, I saw someone wearing a gladiator helmet the other day. That was sick. Um, but that it's probably not new era. So can you, can you wear it? Uh, what about the hockey helmets? You know, the Braves, the Braves should, str yeah. The hockey helmet for Detroit has the hockey helmet and the hockey stick. The yeah. Braves should troll them. And get a really tiny Braves hat and just put it on their head after home <laughs> get, get one of those ice cream bowl hats, you know, yeah. and just put it on there, you know, and see what they say. You can't do that either. That's sold at the ballpark. Yep. You can't wear that? Yeah. That's a great idea. See, I wish somebody I'll on, text Darno about it right now. Please, thank you. Can you please? I want somebody on Atlanta that's got dirt in their spikes. They've made their money. They just want to have a good time. And they're like, let's do something cute off of this. Darnell. Yeah, you want to find me here? Take my money. I don't care. I've got too much of it. Yes. Please, somebody do it. That's, um, that's awesome. When you have too much money, you're like, hey, find me. Because it goes to a charity yeah. anyway. So if you're not giving away money, you mind it, you should be. Yeah. So I like that. Tax write-off. No big deal. By mm -hmm. the way, the, the founder of the New Era Cab Company, Earhart Coach. 
From 1886 to 1954 was the lifespan. German-American businessman. And anything cool here? Let's see. Worked for the Miller Brothers Cap Company making caps in 1902. All right, well, I'm pretty sure Earhart would have been okay with this. And that's really what it comes down to. What would Earhart do? Earhart clearly was an entrepreneur that just cared about people wearing nice hats and feeling comfortable. So let's get that done. He didn't care how big they were. No, hell no. So in other news of what the league's doing to try too hard and do too much, Hannah Kaiser posting about a memo sent to or sent by Major League Baseball about sticky stuff. I'm going to read these for you, especially if you're just listening. MLB sent another memo to teams today reiterating the rules around sticky stuff, reminding players that, quote, pitchers who choose to use the approved rosin are responsible for ensuring their use of rosin does not violate the playing rules. If the pitcher's hands start to become sticky over the course of the game due to use of rosin or otherwise, it is the pitcher's responsibility to clean his hand before continuing to pitch. It should go without saying that a pitcher should not clean his hand in a way that creates excessive stickiness, i.e. cleaning hands with alcohol-based product and immediately reapplying rosin. That's the end of the quote, but I'm just going to say, we are calling out Scherzer and still trying to back ourselves up that what we're doing is right and we actually have an iota of a clue on how to handle this situation, even though we really don't. And Max's uh, spin rate did not change at all, so we don't even know what we're doing anymore besides maybe having a course suddenly in the middle of the season with umpires to say, hey, let's relearn how you should check a a man's hands and be able to tell how sticky it is in your mind and also have a hand-washing course. Kratz, you have a baseball. What are you doing? I'm just trying to figure out how sticky I can get this if I if I add some of the stickiness that I have. Like, like, are we serious? Like, do not. Look. So basically, you're not supposed to wash your hand to make it stickier. Yet we don't know exactly what that level of stickiness is when you're using a product that's given to you, and. You don't have to reteach all the umpires. It's just one umpire. Like it's Phil Cousy. He's the he's the guy. And it just feels like they're like they came out with this to be like, hey, you remember? You remember how we got him? You know, this is we're we're just we're just standing by what we said before in a really vague way. But we're standing by it. It's like the off it's like the office space from the movie Office Space. Uh, did you get the memo? <laughs> did you get it, the TPS reports? That guy's like Manfred, the boss in office space. Hey, Max, just swinging by, making sure you. Uh, we're gonna need you to come is, in. And on that, mem- that that we're memo gonna need you to miss ten games because we're clueless <laughs> on this situation. That memo is new. They just came out. It's a reminder. Yeah, they do a lot of reminder memos to be like, we're sticking by the rules we have and we don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to send this out again. Well, I remember getting memos on my my locker chair um, throughout the year and and I would just take it right to the trash can and throw it away. But, I mean, that memo is directly written towards what happened with Max Scherzer. So they're basically just saying, hey, look, Max did this. And he got suspended for it, so don't do that. But, like, they want you to wash your hands. The only way you can get stick off your hands is by using an alcohol-based product. 
and now you can't do that. So if your hands are sticky, how are you going to get it off? Because it's not coming off with just soap and water. So I'm a little confused by that, but man, Max is Max is just taking this one. So you know, it's uh, it's tough to watch. My thing, my thing is, and, and I hope, and I hope our league official comes on at some point, and they don't have meetings every day from one to three o'clock that they keep missing our show. But yeah. I want an explanation. Like, what is what is the what do you do? Like if you if you get caught for something and like they're sitting there going, oh, I know you did something. It is totally you manipulate. Okay, what did I manipulate it with? And how do I not manipulate it? Like he came out and he said he used alcohol on it. And then David Cohn, two days later, and anybody that's ever used alcohol and rosin knows. It's going to get stickier. So he was supposed to clean it off. You can't take soap and water to clean it off. So he took the only thing to take it off. But had he not cleaned it off, he still would have gotten popped. He still would have gotten a 10 game. So, like, there needs to be just just answer. Just answers. That's it. I'm not but saying they're wrong. I'm just saying need answers. I'm I'm, I'm saying it's, it's pretty easy. I, I feel like if, if your spin rate doesn't, gradually or ex- exponentially increase you're fine but if we're going you know i don't know what the rpms are but if if it's a ridiculous increase in in rpms okay there's from what you're normally doing you're using something and there's that's yeah there's that's that's as simple as it gets it's like if if you're using raw if your hands super sticky with rosin and whatever but your spin rates are the same as they normally are, it's fine. Like, as a hitter, that doesn't bother us. What bothers us as a hitter is whenever your spin rates are way higher than they're supposed to be, and the ball is doing something that it's not supposed to do. That makes it impossible to hit. So if we're talking about sticky stuff, like your hand can be as sticky as as you want it to be. But if the spin rates are the same, and it's not affecting the ball flight, it doesn't matter. The the biggest part too that I think we didn't go over because I know we've we've exhausted this topic quite a bit, but we keep getting more layers. And the reason we bring it up again too is because of the memo that the league sends out. We get so many players saying the same thing. What about just copying the baseball in Japan? It's not necessarily perfect, but clearly it's working. So why aren't we doing that? How hard is that? I uh, I, I mean, look, me and Kratz, you're stumped. <laughs> It's, I mean, it sounds simple. Like, let's, let's get a ball that everyone can use, and this is what you use. And if you do something else, we'll know, and you're out of here. I just feel like there's got to be an easier way, and I think we're trying to make it too difficult um, when I don't think it has to be. Why, why can't we have the openness? Like, I want to know where it stems back to, like, did we – did – did the players hurt the owner's feelings so much that we can't, like, come on, let, let's come together. Let's make a rules committee where it's five people from the MLB, five people from players, not six and four. Like, why does there have to be the hierarchy and just so we can have this, so we can answer this question, we can have a forum. Hey, why don't we go get the balls that they use in the MPB? And we unwrap them from the foil, just like they do. 
and we use them. What's wrong with that? Is that what we're using in AA? We're not, we're still testing things. Great. That's it. That's all it takes. Hey, you know what? I'm the rep today. What does the rep have to say? But instead, we hide these people behind curtains. Well, we'll just wait. And if the players don't like it, then we'll just implement our own rule in our due time or in a half a year or in a year, we'll just implement it ourselves. Let's just talk. Let's talk it out because players have, even like Paul said about the the uniforms, did Nike come to anybody from the Seattle Mariners baseball team, the players who are going to wear them? No, absolutely not. Definitely not. And 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 the entire world says no dark pants. The entire world. You want to bring the world together? They're like, no on those pants. Well, on the tops, everybody said no in unison. Plus, we know hot Friday night, and it's like, oh, here we go. Dark pants with the dark top, which takes away from the pop of the top. Not not the move. Pop no the top again. That. Yeah, pop. <laughs> I'm out on the dark pants, man. I'm out on them. I don't get it. Before we get to Vinny, um, a slight injury news, and we don't always go over every uh, every little tweak, but it's Aaron Judge, and he left yesterday's game with hip soreness in the fourth inning. There could be an intern curse here because, Brock, yesterday we played Take It or Leave It, where we just go over a ton of topics, and the, in our opinion, dumbest one was Aaron Judge is going to hit at least 35 homers. And we were like, duh, take it. That was the easy one. Like, the question on Pete Alonso was 50-plus. And we had other things like, oh, is this team going to make the playoffs? But we were like, 35 for Judge? Duh. Yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, of course, seems he gets easy, hurt. right? Yeah, unless he doesn't stay on the field. So he got well, hurt. Hopefully. The day before, he hurt his hand, too. And, and you saw on the strikeout, one of his strikeouts yesterday, he was kind of doing one of these. So, hey, you're going to go through that shit during the season. But that's the biggest, you know, what if with Aaron Judge. It's just he, he hasn't been on the field consistently in his career. And when he is on the field, he's – a historically great player. So what are we looking at here? Is this was this the hand? That was it's, the slide yeah, on the hand. That's yeah. the slide on the hand. I mean, obviously we're hoping Aaron Judge is just out a couple days. That's a big body, man, to 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 scorpion like that. And you talk about hip. You know, he could have landed on that hip on that slide and and bruised it a little bit. And then you go to Texas and you're on the turf. Um, so could that could be the issue? You saw him shaking his hand. Hopefully it's minor. Um, it, just playing to get against Aaron, he seems like a gamer. He's going to try and be out there if he can if he can be out there, hoping it's not not too serious. Um, and he's back out there because the Yankees need him, New York needs him, Major League Baseball needs him. So um, sending sending positive vibes his way and 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 hoping he's he's all right. I have a theory that when you fall in real life, not talking about Aaron Judge, when you fall, you can tell how old you are because if you fall and you're young. People are like, ah. <laughs> but if you fall and you're old, people are like, oh, no, we got to pick you up. So now I think the theory is based on the scorpion. If I scorpion in the third, everyone's like, ah, <laughs> Aaron Judge scorpions in the third. People are like, Ooh. oh, no, is he OK? It, it, he's, he's fine. OK. OK. We can laugh. <laughs> OK. I scorpion there. They're like, ah, catcher runs like a catcher all that stuff like so it's definitely well, a little worry of some whenever he scorpions into third and then runs straight into the clubhouse yes you know that's that's a little worrisome too 
Yeah, he said it was just a little grab in, in the hip area after head first slide. Whole right side's been a little locked up. Culmination of having that and a couple of swings today just couldn't really get loose. So we'll keep an eye on Judge. Obviously, Yank's offense has just been and We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Right now, let's bring on our next guest, Vinny Rotino, joining us, member of the Grinder Club, former big leaguer. As you can see, you know who he works for. You know what, what he's doing pre and post and during games, too. Vinny, how you doing, man? Great, guys. How you guys doing? I just realized the studio behind me is not up to par right now. Brian Anderson came, came over to my house, the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, and spent like half a day here and made this for me. So this was like a year ago. But anyway, it's not up to snuff right now. Brian did that? Play-by-play Yeah, B.A. Play. did Brian? that. Let's get that over there. Yeah, B.A. Yeah. No and Dom Catrono. You know Dom. I know you know Dom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scott. Yeah, so. No, I do. That's crazy. Those guys came over and did it. I would have thought like somebody, you know, like stage managers or a designer or something. These guys know how to set that up. I would never this be able to This is my basement. That. Yeah, this is my basement in beautiful Racine, Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. Congrats I love it. Think. Love that. This is my basement. I love We're it. Both in I the love basement. that. Yes. And Brock, yours too. That's not a bad little setup as well. This is a, yeah, yeah. I'm over here in the corner. I'm, I'm in the, I'm tucked back in the corner. I got some more cool jerseys. I should, obviously, I should have put my Brewers one back here. Yeah, no but, doubt. But I, I had to, sh I, I got to show off the Butterfield man. He's my favorite of all time. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, but you need more, Brock. You need more behind. You need to invite uh, well, Brian Anderson over. I'll, um, I, I'll move, I'll move the set around. Um, every time I host, I've got jerseys hanging up all over the place, but. But Butterfield, he's in he's in prime position. Look at that! I'm pointing the wrong wrong side. He's in prime position, right right by the TV. So whenever I'm watching TV, I can just look over and think about Butter. Nice. He's gonna start getting royalties on that. Hey, Vinny, before we get into some Brewers talk, which team that you played for did you associate with the most? And I have a follow up here. Uh, I mean, it's the Brewers, right? I, I from Racine, just south of Milwaukee. I played uh, at UW Lacrosse, small Division three school in Wisconsin. And then I ended up getting signed by my, you know, boyhood team that I grew up idolizing, you know, Robin Yell, Paul Molitor. So I had a chance to play for them and get signed by the Brewers right away and then get a chance to play in the big league. So it's definitely the Brewers. So, so this isn't a setup because I, I just want to see, maybe you have the ability to change this, especially if you say this live on digital television, essentially your photo in baseball reference. It's a great photo. You got the, the great smile going. Is in a Mets cap. It's almost like the yeah. Hall of Fame talk. Like, where do you, where do you want to go in as? Right, uh, right. The Grinder Hall of Fame. Where would yeah, I get the, inducted? The Grinder Hall of Fame BB rep has you as a Met, and I was like, nah, he's more of a Brewer to me. Yeah, no, I mean the Mets gave me and, and Terry Collins. They gave me a like a real opportunity to play and contribute to a major league roster. When I was with the Brewers, I mean, I loved it. It was a dream come true to play for my hometown team. It was kind of more like a pat on the back. Hey, great minor league season. Come on up here in September and sit on the bench and eat big league spread for a month. You know, so that's kind of like how my call ups were for the Brewers. And then grinded, you know, tried to figure some things out. I could really hit left handed pitching Terry Collins brought me up and said, hey, man, we need you to actually play first base. He's like, so I played first base. For the New York Mets, when Ike Davis couldn't hit left-handed pitching, so that's that's kind of uh, the story there. And it, I do kind of feel more a little more connected just in terms of a major league roster when I was with the Mets, just because it's like, okay, you got to help us win now. So that was that was kind of cool. Ike Davis couldn't hit a curveball either, but he <laughs> mashed everything else. Yeah, he did. So 
what I want to get into, you said B.A. was over there. B.A. was actually in town? Like, he was actually... Like, oh, right. No, he wasn't on assignment doing some national broadcast somewhere for, you know, the bas- for basketball or college basketball. So, he was definitely in town. It, I think it was... It was it was his downtime. He's like, look, look what happens when I have some downtime. I'm over at your house putting together a studio for eight hours. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's doing, he's doing so much. Do you ever get to work with him? Or are you usually filling in for him? No, no. I, so I'm not a, so he does play by play. God, I, Scott tip my cap to you guys for able, for being able to do play by play. We're just, I'm just talking baseball off the cuff, kind of, you know, doing color analysis in the booth. And then I'm doing the pre and post game show, but I have worked with BA last year. I did 10 games in the booth last year. I did uh, eight, uh, six of those with BA and then four of those with Jeff Levering. And so uh, I'll get, I'll, I'm getting about 40 games in the booth this year, all on the road. Bill Schroeder rock the, the normal analyst for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's kind of weaning off road games. And so Tim Dillard and I are, are filling in there and doing the road games. So I'll be working with BA a little bit, Jeff Levering. And how are you liking that? How is that different from like grinding it out in the minor leagues to make it to the big leagues? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like, um, you know, getting your opportunity in the big leagues. Although I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you, Kratzy, it's it's way more fun than playing for me just because playing was such a grind and I loved playing. I, I They had to rip the jersey off of me. You know that. And um, I just the opportunity just to to talk baseball to really dig in on baseball dig in on players i scouted after i was done playing so i scouted for 4 years after i was done playing and that i loved doing that this is like scouting but now i kind of have a voice and i feel like you know um you know you don't really have to worry about getting players right or wrong like you do in scouting you don't have to worry about going 0 for 4 i guess you got to worry about going 0 for 1 if you have a bad game in the booth but uh, I, I do really enjoy it. That doesn't even matter, Vinny, if you have a bad game in the booth. That's Take true. it from me. Nothing actually really <laughs> happens to you. Maybe some fans send you some mean shit, but they do that every day anyway. So it really doesn't make a difference. You could be like, I had the game of my life. And then I'd look and they'd be like, oh, you're terrible. Uh, you're, you're rooting against my team or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's true. Really and you're not so terrible. Concerned about your team. Yeah. You're great. Uh, you're great. Thank you. You guys have a great yeah. team, by the way. And I mean that like with the whole roster, like, Obviously, B.A. is a legend. Um, yep. Levering's a stud uh, yep. the, on the on your side with you and Dillard, like rising stars as well. So really enjoy listening to you guys that. quite often. We have our, the first ever regional um, podcast that we came out with under the Foul Territory brand is Brew Crew Territory. So we know there is a very devoted fan base out there that wants to get yep. more Brewers content. So let's dive into that for a moment and yep. we'll run some of this during that pod. Overall take on the Brew Crew right now. And are Brewers fans laughing at the turmoil in St. Louis? Definitely laughing at the turmoil in St. Louis. I got to tell you, as much as Brewers fans and myself included kind of dislike Cubs, the Cubs, and not necessarily the Cub fans because they're very charming and I actually love going to Wrigley. But, yes, uh, we actually dislike the Cardinals fans a little bit more just because there's a little bit of an air of, you know, superiority about their and, and, and maybe rightfully so, just because they've been so good and they have such a story tra- tradition and we're maybe a little bit, you know, striving for that in, here in Milwaukee. But yes, everyone is taking very good pleasure, a lot of pleasure in the fact that the Cardinals are struggling right now. Their pitching does not look good. 
you know that they'll turn it around, but you definitely want to all the teams in the central are probably thinking, okay, let's build a, a big enough lead against the Cardinals because you know that they'll be charging come second half. They always do. Yeah, with the with the Cardinals being at the bottom of the barrel, and then and then you've got the Pirates leading the charge right now, playing yeah. good baseball. What I mean, obviously nobody saw that that coming. You know, we expected Cardinals, Brewers, um, yeah. Cubs are even playing playing better, but it, it seems like that division is on the up. I tell you what, and it's almost fun a, a little bit to watch from afar. Not if the Brewers are playing the Pirates, but I mean, I I think you guys would agree. Like it's fun to follow what the Pirates are doing right now. You know, I, I don't know how sustainable this is just because I just question whether whether or not they have the depth at starting pitching to sustain this. But it's certainly not a team, especially an offensive group, that's going to be at the bottom of the, the league in terms of production, in terms of scoring runs. And so I think that they're going to probably stick around for a little bit. I just I just question whether or not they're going to be able to sustain like this level of winning percentage for the long haul, just because of their starting pitching depths a little bit thin, but Mitch Keller looks like the real deal, like everything that everyone thought he would be coming out of the draft even and coming over in that trade. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with those Pittsburgh Pirates, but they're fun to watch. What do the Brewers have to do to sustain this? What do the Brewers have to do to make it? You can't say anything about injuries. That's, you know, what do they have to do and do they have enough to sustain this? Um, I, I do believe that they do it. And here's Kratzy. Here's the, I mean, you, you, you played for him. They have Craig council, right? I mean, so this, this guy is, is building a culture, a winning culture year in and year out. And that, that it doesn't show up on any data and analytics, any metric. What's there's nothing for it. it you guys know, you guys played. It's, it matters when you have a group of guys that are all in it together with one common goal every single day is, is to win a ball game. And so when you have a Craig Council that facilitates that and fosters that every single day, uh, I, I think that that is going to equate in a, a, you know, a winning season. And I don't know whether or not the Brewers are going to win the Central. It certainly feels like they will. It feels like they have the starting pitching depth. It feels like they have the position player group to kind of do it. They don't have you know, a roster full of guys like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, speaking of the Cardinals, just in terms of like, lineup anchors I call those guys that are just gonna just mash every single day I don't think they have that but they have guys that'll contribute every day they have guys that play hard the new kids so fun to watch Joey Weimer Bryce Terang these kids add something to that lineup and then like I said the 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 Craig Council like winning culture feel of this group feels like it's gonna be sustainable all year round and it'll be a battle for sure it's gonna be a tough NL Central this year um, but I think they'll they'll be able to pull it off I've been trying to bang the drum on the whole council thing because he's in his last year. Like, it's hard to try to – do you guys do, like, a pregame meeting when you're, you know, when you're in – when you're on the road and you're in the booth? So, take us – try to take us into that meeting and give us something that would, like, explain to you why Craig Council is what he is. Because I've been trying to explain it and give examples, but – from you, somebody that's there all the time in a different, way different season than from when I played, explain to the fans what, what he does. Yeah. So, I mean, you just have to, you have to be in it to know exactly what we're talking about and feel it. But it, it's just the idea like, okay, so 
once you get the ball rolling during a season where it's like a snowball rolling down the hill, right? And so as that snowball gains momentum, it gets bigger. And the guys that don't want to be part of it, they either get out of the way or get gobbled up by it, right? So we've been on teams where that happens every single year where all of a sudden, like, there's like, oh, we got this guy on our team. I heard about this guy. And all of a sudden, he's like a great team guy because it is that culture that is built within. And, and um, you know, there's multiple examples of that. I don't want to disparage any teammates of the past, but that they, you never thought that they would be team guys until they were part of a winning group like that. And all of a sudden they became team guys. And once you have 20, it's 26 guys now that are all in it to win and they don't care about their personal accomplishments or their numbers or their contract the next year. When, when you have a group of guys like that, not only does the team win, but those individuals actually play better. And if you get, you know, if you play better, then obviously you're going to win more. So it's just, Everyone doing their own job with one common goal in mind, and, and and Craig Council facilitates that better than anybody. You know, he's he's been there, done that. I guess you would have to flip a coin between him and Tito, right? Tito Francona, for me. But yeah. um, Craig Craig Council is is certainly right at the top of the list there. So Craig Council, um, Crassy just said it's Craig's last year, so he's yeah. he's getting fired. He's getting fired at the end of the year. Is that, <laughs> no, well, we hope that's, not. that's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about how good he is, and Kratzy's over here saying it's his last year. We're we're trying to extend the guy, right? Last year of his contract. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're probably working something out. They know his what his value is. I I don't know. You know, I don't want to speculate anything on that front. Um, but uh, yeah, everyone wants him back. I, he's from twenty minutes away from the ballpark, right? Um, it, it's funny because. The joke about council is because he, what he cuts his own grass every day, right? So he's not going to want to go anywhere else, at night, or every week, he's not going to want to go anywhere else. Have someone else cut his grass. So he's a he's a <laughs> cheeser. He's a cheesehead, just like the rest of us. Okay, I want to go back to the Cardinals question just for a sec because I know Brewers fans are just loving what's going on there, and it might not last, like you said. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be like a fourth or fifth place team, but. How deep down the Brewers rotation do you have to go before you say that wouldn't be the number one starter on the Cardinals? Ooh. Uh, ooh. Play the game. I, I guess. Go one I guess, by one. I guess. Okay. So Burns obviously would be the number one starter. Brandon Woodruff, he is dinged up with his shoulder. He would be the number one starter. Freddie Peralta. All, th- all three of those names that I just said would be the number one starter on pretty much every other team, right? So. Um, well, no, not every other team. Well, not I mean, every they're team. They're not starting. Not, not the you know, I got Degrom yeah. starting for the Rangers tonight. Right. But look at the Cardinals. Like to me, I've been calling this out for a couple months now. Like they they don't have a number one, maybe not even a number two. No offense to them, but I mean the Brewers. Right, we're already three deep here. Yeah, and we, Wade we Miley got a number one. I mean, Wade Miley would be the number one on the Cardinals right now, especially the Ooh. way that he's been pitching. He would. I mean, he was this a he had. He was a five-win pitcher, you know, wins above replacement pitcher two years ago. He was dinged up last year for the Cubs, and even when he was healthy with the Cubs, he was outstanding last year when he was pitching. So um, you'd have to go to Eric Lauer, and then, you know, Colin Ray is is the guy that is filling in right now. But uh, Eric Lauer's been outstanding at times. Uh, Colin Ray's kind of establishing himself at the big league level right now. you know, Adrian Hauser is waiting in the wings. So you talk about depth, the Brewers have it and the Cardinals don't seem to have it. Yeah, that's kind of what the Brewers are have been known for, right? You know, throughout the years is the depth in the starting pitching. I mean, I'm, I mean, I was there for 
47 seconds, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. Face, facing <laughs> those guys, yeah. for, facing those guys in spring training, you want to talk about feeling bad going into, going into a season <laughs> or going into your, your first spring training at bats, facing those guys. I faced, I faced Brandon, I faced Devin Williams mm-hmm. coming out of the bullpen. And, and, and this was before he, this was 2020. So this was before he, ma- he had made his debut and he starts throwing that change up. And I'm like, what in the heck is that pitch? He goes, it's a changeup. I said, if you throw that every single time, no one will ever hit it. And then he, you know, he ended up winning uh, Rookie of the Year that year. That but, was in 2020. Wow. Yeah, Brock, 2020. He owes his yeah. entire career I, to you. Seriously. I am, I am, I am a, a Hall of Fame scout. <laughs> you I told are. Him, I, said, I said, throw the changeup, Devin. And he did. That's he listened awesome. to me and look at him. But no, I'm, I'm serious, man. The pitching is, I, I love those guys. I wish I told Kratzy this the other day. I wish my my Brewers career would have lasted longer because I loved everything about the Brew Crew. Yeah, and we liked having you here. And it's probably my fault that you were a Texas Ranger. Uh, so I put a big number on you, Brock, back in 2018. I scouted you when you were with the with the Red Sox. And um, yeah, so it's probably my fault that year a couple years later they sign you. Um, but anyway, that's I digress on that. But. Um, <laughs> you were a hell of a player, man. I really enjoyed watching you play. But yeah, no, we would have twenty twenty. Let's see, you didn't you didn't get much opportunity. Three for thirty, um, and he was gone. Yeah. They yeah. they, they, <laughs> they, they DFA'd me on Council's birthday. It was so funny. They called me in the office. We were in Pittsburgh. They called me in the office. They said, "Hey, we're gonna have to we're gonna designate you for assignment." And it was Council's birthday. They went through the whole spill. I was like, "All right." I was like, "I I was ready to get the hell out of there anyway." Like I. COVID season sucked. It was brutal. Yeah, it sucked for like, everybody. I, my, my wife was pregnant. I'm trying to go home. Um, but it was yeah. Council's birthday. So whenever I left, oh, I, I said, hey, Counts, happy birthday, man. And I gave him a hug. So now every, every year on his birthday, I'll text him, happy birthday. And he'll go, hey, happy DFA uh, anniversary. <laughs> that sounds like Counts. So, so it's, a, it's a good joke. But no, I, like funny. I said, man, I, I, I mean, I wasn't there for long, but I loved everything about it. I wish it would have worked out, but it didn't. And and uh but I, I still root for those guys yeah no it's a and that's and that's funny um about you know what you say about Devin Williams too because I believe that story that's how stuff happens right so um I shoot I'm not taking credit for Tommy Conley Canley but my last year catching and playing uh quite frankly it was 2016 I was in AAA and I was catching Tommy Canley I said throw your change up every single time and he's and he started to do it, and I'm not taking credit for his success. Certainly not. Data and analytics had figured that out, like throw the changeup. But that's how stuff happens. That really does. That really is a real uh, a thing. And now that nasty changeup from Devin Williams looks like a screwball, one of the nastiest pitches in baseball, if yeah, not I the mean, nastiest. We, we were all talking about it. I mean, he in inner squads were like, dude, what and how do you do that? Like I've never seen a ball move that way. And the um, spin rate, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it spins. It spins so much. It's, it is like a screwball. And guys hit 090 off his fastball last year, actually, because of the changeup, right? So everyone's ch- trying to sit well, back and sit on the changeup now. And so his fastball at 92, 93, no one can hit that now. It, it's just but, yeah, it's that, totally yeah, now, well, now it plays up. And, it, I mean, his yeah. fastball is good. He's got a good fastball, too. Yeah. But the changeup, I mean, you can know it's coming and still, I mean, I know. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's fun hey, to watch. Vinny, I want to finish with this because we've got Brockstar, Kratzy's the ultimate in this category. We're actually bringing the ultimate ultimate in this category coming up in like five minutes. Drew Maggi is going to join us from the Pirates. 
What is your definition of grinder? Oh, my definition of grinder. Look, I think I think a 20 year big leaguer can be a grinder. I think a guy that just plays hard and loves the game, has a passion for the game. I think that's a grinder. I, I, it doesn't have to be a me or a Drew Maggi. What a great story, by the way. I just looked at that that line drive that he hit, and it's like yesterday, and it was caught in center field. I'm like, he he really – is it? can I swear on this show or no? Yeah, <laughs> we encourage it. He, he shit on that ball, and he didn't get <laughs> rewarded for it. And I was so frustrated. I was pulling for him. Um, but, yeah, no, I think a guy that loves the game, plays hard, has passion for the game, I think that's the definition. Yeah, Kratzy, how do you do? Yeah, I mean, you. I didn't know you played in Korea too, right? In, in yeah. South Korea. Yeah. Yeah, I played in Korea. Played in Japan. Did you, Kratzy? No. 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 I no. mean, not not like not in the league. No. I went over with some All Star trips. My bad. Big league All Star. Yeah. No, Vinny. Vinny's a grinder. And once you're once you're a grinder, and I'll explain it when Drew comes on. Not to not to beat on Drew's, you know, on his on his time, but. A grinder is somebody, I wouldn't necessarily agree a 20-year big leader could be a grinder. They could grind. There's a difference okay. between grinding and a grinder. But you were you were a grinder. Like, you didn't yeah. make it to the big league, so you were 26. A D3 guy, you got to give a shout-out to every D3 guy. Oh, believe Like, me. I was a D3 guy. You know, there's the other dude in the big league. Like, there's very few of them in the big leagues. You just have to... You have to push through some things that I think other people don't have to push through. And that's that's why you are where you are. But I also think that's why you are who you are and the reputation you have, too. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, it's a great point. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, you, you know, any any obstacle that they're going to put up in your way, you're just going to knock down. You're not going to take no for an answer. And, and you're just going to love the you're actually going to love the the bus rides. You're going to love like all the not super glamorous stuff that goes along with baseball. It's because of the guys. And again, it's because of the passion for the game that you have and you just do things the right way all the time. And, and, and yeah, I think that's it. I mean, there's probably, probably need to come up with a better definition, but there's a lot of work. It's a working definition, right? You just figure out little adjectives and, and things and qualities of players that are grinders. I, I, yeah, I was definitely a grinder and, and loved being one. No, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, you got the chemistry degree. We know you're smart. You got it going. You got it. I know you were going to be a pharmacist before I was. dabbling in the big leagues, right? Yeah, you must have just read my Wikipedia page, Scott. Yeah, so we're on it. <laughs> we're on it. Okay, I have plenty of questions there, but we'll do it another time. <laughs> Any description. Hey, Vinny, this was awesome. Really great to yeah. have you on. We appreciate it, and and have fun. We'll be watching it on the TV. Yeah, no, no doubt. Anytime you guys want me on, let me know. Thank you. Thank you yes, so much. Vinny Rotino. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, coming up in a few minutes, we'll have Drew Maggi. So I want to jump right into this because one more to cover from earlier in the show from Charge the Mound that just starts to like drip into the entire show because I don't want to miss it. The attendance at the Trop is rising for the Rays. They are 21-5. and five. They absolutely destroyed the White Sox yesterday. Here's a tweet from Jordan Moore. Attendance has been so good at Tropicana Field this season that the Rays are opening up top section level seating starting against the Yankees next weekend. Something they typically only do for the postseason. Baseball is growing in Tampa Bay, and this is really promising. Now, yes, if you look at the replies on some of those tweets about it, insert joke about them playing the Yankees, and it's going to be 95% Yankee fans. But 
are they going to continue doing that and leaving it open? Is that telling us that there is actually an attendance burst right now for Tampa Bay? You're shaking your head, Kratzy, because also they always play against something, not just their payroll. They're playing against a bottom three ballpark in the bigs for fan experience. Bottom one. Bottom one. Bottom one. Yeah, don't even give them bottom bottom three. It's a bottom one. <laughs> I can't even see in there. It's a oh, it's straight basement. You cannot see in there. It's straight basement the, with old carpet. And the lights are like you can hear the lights buzz. <laughs> like for real. It's yeah. brutal. It's brutal, man. It is definitely like a, it's like playing baseball in a YMCA, like a big YMCA from <laughs> the 70s. Like it is not and don't don't give me this. They're going to open it up for like this t- the the upstairs is going to be closed. It is going to be it's going to be like your grandma's couch. They're putting plastic right back over it when nobody's <laughs> there. Like you're not getting to sit on the real seats up there. Like no, they're not like They've been winning. They've been. I went and I played there in nineteen, and Blake Snell was coming out to pitch. He came out five minutes before me, and I came out and I didn't see him because he was stretching down the line around the corner, and I was like, "Oh man!" It's like I tried to find a clock. It was like my second or third time in the trop as a Ray, and I was trying to find the clock, and I'm like, "Did I come out too early?" There was nobody there. Previous Cy Young, their number one was pitching against, we were playing the Blue Jays, and there was nobody in the stands. Like, this is a playoff team year in and year out. So we can't have the excuse of, well, you know, they're not trying. No, they're just not spending on their roster in the ways that people see other teams spend. They're putting offers out there to to players. But there's not, like – Nobody's there. The Yankees are going to leave. Red Sox will come in town. They might open it back up again, and it's going to be 85% Red Sox fans. Yeah, well, Kra- yeah Kra- I mean, Kratzy, I mean, they've, they've been good. It's not just because, like, hey, the Rays are 20-3 and three or whatever they are right now. It's They've been good for years, and fans just don't come, you know? It's yeah. – Granted, I was fortunate. I played for the Red Sox for a long time. Whenever we played there, we got decent crowds on the weekends. But there were times we were, when we, we were there and there was nobody there. It's just, it's not an ideal spot to go watch a game. And, I mean, it's hard to get to that stadium with the bridge. Like, traffic is bad. And it's just, it's, I'm with Kratzy. I, I don't see this, you know, Yankees Yankees get out of town. They're tarping the, they're tarping the, the um the third deck and and it's going to be like it is i mean you guys remember when when david price tweeted that year they were in the playoffs about like hey we can't even fill the fill the stadium and and we're in the the postseason you know um it's just it's always been like that and you know i don't think anything is going to change unfortunately no i'm wondering though aren't they aren't they building potentially the the next ballpark for them right there right next to it. Isn't that what they're doing? I hope not. I mean, I, ho- I hope for that area, yes. They've done a great job of, like, putting other buildings and other trying to get other things in there, but it's slowly trickling. Just nobody to – me, to me, sports teams are about – you know, and people are going to give me the NFL and all that stuff. May, majority of sports teams are about how do you connect with the fans. Like, how many people are like, oh, St. Pete, born and raised, dog. No, like, 
Tampa. Tampa is where pe- the name is in. They're not even in the city where they're at. Like you have to, you have to have something, and then you have to sell it in the town. You go to Tampa. I'm sure you've been there, Brock. Like, and I know you've been there, Scotty. Like, yes. There's, there is so many signs for what in Tampa? Lightning. Not a single ray. Lightning. Buccaneers. Like, sell yourself to the fan base that has to drive 45 minutes every single day on the 275 to get over there. You're right. I'm, I love Tampa, first of all. And the city is booming right now. They're getting like like Miami's big deal, especially with warm weather, COVID. People want to be outside more. A lot of other things going on. And then they start and they're like, ah, it's too expensive here. They're going up to Tampa. Tampa's a great spot. It's an awesome city. Like They've got it all going right now. And but you're right. I mean, put the ballpark in Tampa, preferably. But apparently, that spot right next to it is the leading candidate to have a ballpark right now. Chee- yeah, chee- Ching, chee- exactly. Chee- For chee- multiple reasons too. They're gonna do the whole, or they're, they're gonna try to do the whole Braves thing, where you have the apartments and the restaurants, and they probably own the damn whole city, and they get tax breaks and all that shit. But it's not about the fans. It's just what's funny though. It's like the Rays and the A's have the same situation, and the Rays' whole complaint is oh, we're in a bad spot, and yet they're going to build a new ballpark in the same spot? Uh, come on. It doesn't Sell make any sense. If they're in such a bad spot, they're not in a bad spot. They just know it costs two bucks to move across the street mm-hmm. and have a outdoor stadium. Nobody's still going to come unless you sell it to the fan base and you create a fan base that, like, loves the Rays and they want to be a Ray. I, I got one more thing from the Rays yesterday that I want to hit on, and it's the team that they destroyed because then we're going to bring in a guy from a um, top-tier ball club at the moment in the Pittsburgh Pirates and where they stand. But, whew, the White Sox with Dylan Cease on the mound losing 14-5. They've lost eight straight. They're 7-19. and The Rays used a position player to close out the game. The Rays used a position player to close out the game. They're like, y'all stink so much. We're going to use a position player to end this game, and we're winning the game. I know it happens sometimes. They don't want to waste a pitcher, but you know you're done when Ken Rosenthal unloads this morning with his notes article, and he's writing about who's about to get traded for the White Sox. He's like, Giolito's a free agent, Ronaldo Lopez, Grandal, free agent after next year, Tim Anderson, Liam Hendricks, Lance Lynn, Graveman. He's already rolling out the list. This could be the hottest team at the trade deadline to be calling and saying, hey, your guy available because they look terrible bad bad i i joked with benny whenever he signed there i said dude i'll come to chicago to visit you but i'm not coming to a white Sox game and i was just joking but now i'm serious like i'm not i'm not going to a white Sox game like that's brutal and and that you want to talk about top three bottom tier ballparks that's that's a that's in the top three as well for me mm. Um, so not a good spot to be in right now. Um, like you said, they've got some guys who, who could possibly be on the move and who could, who can help some contenders, but they're, they're tough to watch. So, um, AJ, AJ's gotta be, he's gotta be hurting as a White Sox fan. He's crying in his cereal every morning, but let, let's not, let's not forget a name. Like we're, we're big on calling out some issues here. Rick Hahn. Yeah. Rick Hahn. You can't just sit here and go, ah, you know what, you know, this is on me. Yeah, it's on you, but it's also on the ownership. I'm not even going to get into the having spent $100 million on a player yet, 
Like, you do need turnover. I'm a big fan of anybody that is very, you know, is going to stick with their guys. And the White Sox have stuck with their guys for a long time. Well, Rick, like, you need to start doing some stuff. And unless this team has a major turnaround, which is going to be tough, it's going to be tough unless they show some kind of fire and fight outside of Dylan Cease and Andrew Vaughn. Like, they have – they. you could be looking at Rick Hahn's last thing that he does is selling off a few of these soon-to-be free agents. Let's do slap hands, please. Let's go, Kratz Hats. You're up first, and then I've actually got a hat to show off. A hat? Dang. Yeah. I was. I really hope the end of that video, that slap hands video, plays sometime because I go to slap Todd's butt as he yeah. walks by, but it doesn't play. So no, anyway. it, it ran once or twice. I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay, good, good. Do you remember what this is, Brock? You played against them a little bit, right? Is that is that is that a Clippers Columbus Clippers? This is the classic Columbus Clippers with the Look ship, with the ship here, not the championship, the, the ship, but. They played. They always played on the video board for the first like ten years. They always played the same exact video on the video board. What a great place to hit! I think this is my last Clippers hat. I've I've broken out like eight of them so far. So we'll, we'll have to dig into the bag. Not quite the Drew Maggi bag, but I got I was a gonna, bag I was, of minor league hat. I was gonna ask. I said, "Who's got more hats? You or Maggi?" I think me, because I went to different teams. I was looking at his stats. He never. He never got traded to minor league teams that much. I got traded from team to team to team to team, but today's about Drew Maggi, not me. Good Maggi point. was awesome. All right, ready for my hat? I'm not wearing it. It's not here. It's on a gnome. The Mets have a new mascot. It's the Brandon Nimmo gnome. They got the blow-up version there. Nimmo <laughs> looks like he's like 50 years old in that with fake teeth. And but, a choker. Yeah, and the choker, but... I, I said it before the game started because we put it up on our, our foul territory Twitter. And I was like, watch, they're going to mess around and get into a win streak. And that thing's going to have to go everywhere with the team. You know, they're going to have to pay extra for, for a bag check. But they won barely against the Nationals. So you have to bring it out again, right, until you lose. Absolutely. That yeah. thing's riding with you in the hover lane, in the HOV lane in your front seat. <laughs> so you can get to the ballpark earlier, like – Absolutely. I love the smile on that thing, too. I need one. Yeah, it's creepy. I think it psyched out the Nationals' bullpen because the Mets came back after giving up that grand slam to Abrams. They picked up a dub. So uh, props to you, Mets. Good luck. You're going to have to bring that thing with you everywhere. All right, guys. This was an absolute blast. Thank you to uh, Vinny Rotino for joining us on the Brew Crew. We had Paul Seawald, who was awesome, and he's with us throughout the season, and Drew Maggi stealing the show on a Friday. Let's go, Drew. First knock this weekend. Get Come it on. done. Rockstar, we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Kratzy, I see you every damn day. Enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. Do the same, Kate. Thank you. See you Monday, Appreciate everyone. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. 
Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pre-game money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. 